0: Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net.
1: Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of the Corner 3 Fast Break as it is time to preview the Dallas Mavericks. Tim Daniel here excited for another excellent show with none other than our hoops hype man himself, Alex Derrickson.
2: What's up, everybody?
1: That wasn't very hype, man.
2: I thought I'd throw you off.
1: Oh, you got me. <laughs> Our Hoops historian, Sean Mackey. What's going on, everyone? And joining us this week to preview the, the Dallas Mavericks, we have none other than Mr. Michael Chang. Michael, thank you so much for taking some time to be on the show this week.
3: Yeah, very really happy to be here. Um, give a quick intro about myself. So currently I write with uh, Maps Moneyball, um, part of SB Nation. Uh, just started doing that a few weeks ago, but really getting into it. And then recently, uh, actually today, I wrote my first article for Nylon Calculus. Um, so that's been really exciting. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's definitely more on the advanced stats uh, for basketball. And uh, I've been a Mavericks fan pretty much since the mid-90s. Uh, got into them around nice. G- Yeah, Triple J's before they were any good at all, but uh, they were, like, the only thing on TV after 9 o'clock that they could watch, so yeah. then came up That's with That's awesome. Dirt. Yeah, so, and then seen them through the worst pre-Cuban years.
0: Well, you know, it, it's funny, because, like, most people that we've been doing these interviews with, it seems like their fandom, like, started with them, they're younger guys, and they started, like, in the last 10 years, so it's kind of cool to, like, hear somebody, like, mention the 3Js, you know, and yeah. and and, go, and just go back to that era cuz that was like, you know, the NBA jam, you know, Jamal Mashburn, you know, uh Joe Jackson days and everything that I like I, I enjoyed that time cuz I I was a big Mashburn guy back in the day. So
3: yeah, anytime like your pop references are like Tony Braxton instead of like uh, Beyoncé or something, you <laughs> <or, laughs> know. And you know, you, you know you've been around
0: so. That's right. <laughs> right. All right, uh, we're gonna kind of just go back to the beginning of last year, 2015-16 uh, oh. NBA season. Uh, last off season, you go after DeAndre Jordan. Yep. And thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's good at that. No, I know. I'm I'm always, like, trying to find, you know, negative stuff, but it, it'll come around. It's going to come full circle, so we're, we're good here. Uh, so he he kind of reneges on a contract in some sort of bizarro, like, midnight standoff. And uh, you you miss out on him, and he's a guy who, you know, I think could have probably really changed some stuff, got you going in the right direction, um, but he, he doesn't come, so you draft J- Justin Anderson. Out of Virginia, he plays 11 minutes of a game, averages three points. Not a huge contributor. Um, mm-hmm. What what can you expect from him this year?
3: I think the he really started coming on towards you know the second half of last year. Uh, started getting a real role and really earning the trust with uh, Rick Carlsile. And, and traditionally, that's been really tough for our young guys to do. So for the fact. That he could do it in his rookie year, uh, you know, play in a position where we have two guys that were logging, you know, good minutes between uh, Parsons and A. C. Matthews. I think is a really good sign, and he really brings something to the team that no one else really brings. Um, you know, he's under twenty five. He, he
1: yeah. can run.
3: He can defend. He can, he can go to the hole. So um, I have really high hopes for him. I think he will be a ideally a three and D guy, but at a minimum like a strong energy. Blue Defender.
0: Yeah. Um. So Dirk once again he ends up leading the team in scoring. He averages eighteen and six. Um. You sign Wesley Matthews. He was coming off an injury season, I believe. Is that yep. correct? Okay. Yeah, Torres so, Achilles. Torres Achilles. Uh, he plays seventy-eight games. Um. He he plays decently. He's not. He's not. You know, he didn't, like, make some huge step or anything. But, you know, he was good. Um, and then you fall to the Thunder in the first round of the playoffs. You guys haven't made the second round, I believe, since the championship season. Um, so, um, <laughs> I know, no, no I'm, I'm coming around here. Uh. <laughs> uh, so, this year, uh, Tanner Parsons... <laughs> Chandler Parson ends up leaving, uh, but you you sign Harrison Barnes, you got him, uh, which you guys knew you were gonna, you know, go after. You had the money, so um, what yeah. do you what do you think about Harrison Barnes? Um,
3: we just actually had a great uh, not to plug too much, but we just had a great uh, article go out on Mavs Moneyball, Ball, um, really looking at like a lot of the film, digging into Harrison Barnes. You know, the big question is. Can he be kind of that 1A or 1B franchise franchise, franchise player? And I think that remains to be seen. Um, you know, he came very highly recruited out of college, was a lottery pick. So the ceiling is there, um, and I think we have the coach to get the most out of him, but we'll see. Um and I think to talk a little bit more about the off season, the Mavs have definitely not been getting Plan A done, but Plan B's actually been really good, uh, relatively speaking. You know, whether it was uh, bring Chandler back or uh, the season, you know, falling into Bogut and then Barnes. Um, I think considering all the, the the primary targets, we missed them. We actually came out pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got. I, I think Andrew Bogut's going to be a big help. Um, you know, yeah. you have, you're, you're going to have Harrison Barnes and Wesley Matthews this year, mixing with Dirk. Um, and you have, um, you have Duran. So, I mean, you guys have a, like a, a nice, a nice core set up, but I, I feel kind of like it's almost, it, I, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of compare them to the bulls a little bit where they, you know, they kind of reloaded in kind of a, a weird fashion. Yeah. Uh, but, um, and you guys didn't have a first round pick this year, correct? You just yep. had A.J. Hammonds, and that was it?
3: Yeah, so the, that was, you lost that in the, the Rajon Rondo deal. Uh, okay.
0: So I was, I was wondering where the pick went, because I was trying to do some research earlier, and I, you know, I, I, I figured something had happened there with that. But, uh, you end up drafting A.J. Hammonds with the 36th pick out of Purdue. Uh, he's averaging four and four, he's kind of a prospect. Um, you expect him to get any minutes this season, or? Well, I think um, we'll see.
3: At best, he's probably going to be like, a, you know, a third-string center for us. Again, Carzal uh, doesn't really play the rookies, um, but the Maps have actually had pretty good success with young big men, whether it's been uh, Brandon Wright or uh, the. Rookie, the twenty-nine-year-old rookie last year, Salah. He started a few games for us. So, um, if he can prove himself in in certain play types, whether it's you know in the post or otherwise, I think he'll find a few minutes here and there. But I expect him to mostly be you know twelfth, eleventh man.
0: Twelfth, eleventh. Yeah.
2: So when when you look at the team as it is and everything, what? what is the identity of this roster and this makeup of the Dallas Mavericks? You know, what, what is their identity? Where do they stand and everything with you?
3: I'm actually really excited. I think for the last, ever since we, we won the championship, Dallas has kind of been kind of hanging onto the past, uh, while kind of reinventing itself. So bring in veteran guys, um, uh, on a lot of one year deals this year. I feel like, uh, in addition to actually finally paying Dirk, you know, Getting him his money, the Mavs oh, also yeah. really, really pivoted to to the future. So um, they brought in Seth Curry, you know, young guy. They brought in. Uh, they really focused on developing Justin Anderson. Um, they were shopping for a first round pick. Uh, you know, Harrison Barnes again is a, you know he's a veteran, but he's I think he's still under twenty five. So uh, these are all guys who have room to grow, and Mavs are focusing more on youth, athleticism rather than, you know, veteran know how and playoff experience necessarily.
2: in and with Harrison Barnes, I, I just comparing him with Andrew Bogut and how they're both coming from Golden State, both going to Dallas and everything, we kind of know Bogut's body of work and his ability to work with various kinds of coaches through his tenure on the Bucks and everything, too. Do you think Harrison Barnes transitioning from Steve Kerr's offense to what Rick Carlisle is going to bring, do you think that he might struggle with adapting to that, or do you think that he and Bogut will kind of be able to like transition pretty smoothly?
3: Uh, I think it'll be exciting for... I think Boget we, we know a little more what we're going to get, right? Sure. He's going to play kind of a similar role that uh, Zaza Pachulia played. Um, you know, Starting center, 20-25 minutes a game, good defense, uh, roll, roll, roll hard to the rim for us. With uh, Barnes, that's kind of like he needs to take that leap. He needs to go from solid role player to star player. And we'll see. I think that's where being playing on team, playing in quotes, but playing on Team USA uh, is generally, I think, people say a good experience. You know, he, he gets to see what it's like to be a star and uh, hopefully picked up some good habits. And, and uh, just, I think mentally it's the biggest thing, probably when you go from the third, fourth guy to the, the number one guy sure, or number two guy. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he's going to add a lot of defense for us. He's going to add athleticism. Um, despite the finals experience, he can shoot from range. So he's, he's going to be a flexible guy that moves around. Um, and Dirk still is a big space eater, so uh, he should still get some shots. He's not; He doesn't have the pressure to be the guy, even though he has a max contract, which is good.
2: And, and given Dirk and everything, uh, eventually he's going to go the way of, of Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant. We're kind of in the twilight twilight years of Dirk's career and everything. I know. It's, okay. and it's sad. And I I love watching Dirk play and everything. But what do you think, I and mean, you look at like how the Spurs have handled transitioning, like Tim Duncan kind of almost like transitioning him out of the roster by bringing yeah. in guys to kind of fill the voids before the holes open up. Do you think Dallas is going to have like a bandaid on a bullet hole situation when Dirk retires? Or is it going to be more of a, do you think they're going to be able to transition well? Like what's, what is life after Dirk? What
3: is Dallas AD? We've been yeah,
1: right,
3: right. <laughs> we've been planning for this for years. You know, whether it was trying to get Dwight Howard, trying to get Deron Williams back when he was kind of like you know the one B to Chris Paul's one A. Um, well, we've been trying to plan for it, but it just hasn't worked out. So, you know, we would love to have gotten say Lamarcus Aldridge, and he would have been sure. awesome to like carry the torch. Uh, just like he's doing for the Spurs, but um, since we haven't got that kind of big fish, uh, we need someone like Barnes and Matthews, who are probably more like you know second, third tier players to come together. And hopefully, next over the next couple of years, when you know, there's all this cash running around, you know, Cuban can go and hook us a big player. Uh, but I think you know Dirk's going to age really well. He's he's always going to be seven feet tall, and he's always going to be able to shoot threes. Um, so it's, he's he's always going to have a role if he wants, especially in Dallas. He's a Maverick for life. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think in the next couple of years we'll see if he wants to keep playing, and hopefully we'll have you know, that that All Star type, along with Matthews and Barnes, uh, to take over as the next future maps.
0: Going back to Dirk, uh, he signs a. A lot of people thought that he might he might finally. And bite the bullet and leave this season. Uh, there was talk about him maybe going to Golden State, taking a lesser deal there. But uh, like you said before, he got paid this year. Yeah. I mean, he got he got they threw fifty million at him for two years in his twilight. That's the years.
2: sassiest tone I've ever heard Dirk Nowitzki's name in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I mean, it, I I think it's great because I mean, he he I, even though. Uh, you know he won the mvp that one year during the uh, the weird warrior sweep season uh or the the warriors first round uh defeat season but um between that and them winning the 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 championship a few years ago i mean he, he i i i think he's still very underrated in what he brings to the game yeah. um He's, he's obviously the best Dallas Maverick of all time, and he's probably the best Euro player of all time. Um, he's a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. But um, looking back, uh, you know, it, I, I really think it would have been fun to see what would have happened had Steve Nash stuck around on that team for a few more seasons. Because I, I just think they could have been so dominant,
3: yeah, I mean, I, I want to also point out that you know Dirk got paid while uh, Dwayne Wade was left uh, in the streets and in the cold by <laughs> Pat Riley, which well, is it? feels, which feels good as a Mavericks fan. Um, <laughs>
2: I wonder why. I have to, I have to double check this, but I think this is the first time Dwayne Wade's been the highest paid highest paid player on his team. I think that's right. I, I think I saw that. Yeah, in, that. in his in his career, that's a really bizarre statistic.
3: Yeah, but. Yeah. So I don't know where that was, but basically that, that was a feel good moment um, just to see you know Dirk get rewarded. I think somewhere they said Dirk gave up something like eighty million dollars over the last few years by taking kind of like these you know and Tim Duncan did the same thing, but taking these under below market deals. Um, so it's good for him to get rewarded, and he's still you know a really good player, and I don't think he's necessarily overpaid. Um, and as a superstar and a franchise player, like, he's he's all you could ask for. He lives and breathes basketball, um, didn't get married until, like, a couple years ago and just started having a family and uh, represents the team well on and off the court. You, you probably wish he could, you know, kind of recruit like Dwayne Wade, but other than that, like, on the court, like, he's all you could ask for. Uh, as for Nash, yeah, I think uh, Dirk and Nash have talked about how, you know, they, they both – Became a better player individually. Both became MVP level players, but uh, you gotta think if you have two MVP level players together, they probably would have won at least at least one uh, one more ring, if not a couple more.
1: So, uh, Michael, you know, you kind of mentioned there the excitement, the uh, how you figured you felt with Dirk getting paid while Dwayne Wade was still out in the street. So, I understand that. This kind of brings me to uh, my question for you, and this goes back to the championship season. Um, huh? Just curious, man, because, you know, the three of us here to kind of let you in, we're Bulls fans. So we haven't experienced a championship in in about 19 years now. So we don't know what that feels like anymore. Uh, So when you talk about that, like, one, how how did that championship feel for the sake of, one, there's getting revenge from the 06 finals when Dallas is up 2-0 and Dwayne Wade storms the heat back with Gary Payton and Shaq and those guys. Two... It's the first year of the Big Three. It's the first year of LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. And you guys are the kryptonite for that. So, like, when you look back at the championship, not just as a fan, the excitement you have for your team winning a championship, but for the fact that you got a little bit of revenge and you beat the super team. Like, all, when you look at that, when you put that in a ball, what does that mean to you when you look back at it?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I follow football, baseball, basketball, and that was definitely the sweetest uh, championship you listed a couple of reasons. Uh, one, Another reason was that the Mavs lost to the Heat, you know, back in, uh, I think he actually said that back in uh, 06. So there's the revenge factor. There was the first championship ever factor. Uh, and then, and then finally there was the, I felt like all of America was behind us that year. So whoever, you know, if, if the Warriors get that far this year and the Bulls are in there, I think you guys would get, you know, that kind of same support. Sure. Um, but it was it was all three things coming together which was nice
2: if the pulls make it against the warriors in the finals i'm going to go outside to see if my driveway is cracked with the rest of the <laughs> world <laughs>
1: yeah
3: that's
2: going be... to be which <laughs> horseman of the apocalypse is that
1: lebron <laughs> I don't yeah wrong. i
0: don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, I mean, it's...
3: I think you know, like the the Cavs are definitely in the favorite in the East, but is there a clear number two team?
1: Boston.
0: Uh, no, uh, that's not I know clear. clear. No, yeah. it's not, clear. not probably the
3: favorite, but yeah,
0: there's like a
2: clear one, a clear two, three, and then four through everybody else. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, you know, Cleveland, and you've got Boston and Toronto will flip-flop, and then, like, everywhere else is just, like, grabbing noodles out of a pot and seeing what sticks to the wall. Like, it's just like, all right, it's cool.
3: <laughs> How are uh, you guys feeling about uh, getting Rondo?
0: are <laughs> oh, your she... thoughts there. We're, yeah. we're not. <laughs> we're not feeling anything. Yeah. We, 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 see, you get conflicted because of the, the, the really nasty series we had with the Celtics years ago, mm-hmm. and... And the you know, the the way that he treated our our savior Kirk Heinrich at the time. <laughs> so so, like, you know, with that, you know, I, I hated him. Like, I hated him, I hated Dwayne Wade, you know, I, I mean, and um, you know, kinda like going back into like that Dallas Mavericks championship season, I was rooting so hard for your team. I mean, it was not even funny and JJ Berea, he was unbelievable in yes. that series. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he did. At five foot eight or ever how tall he is, I mean he was incredible, and just to watch him go off on them was just it was probably the greatest thing ever. Yeah, I think to
3: beat that kind of super team, you need someone like just to come out of nowhere and play like an all star for a game or two. And, uh, yeah, JJ's been phenomenal for us and we were happy to get him back uh, still pretty underrated i think but uh
0: he is
2: it's it's funny that you mention that a guy like jj Barea is a dude you need on a roster that kind of like levels the team out builds that really strong foundation to take town like a super team and everything and as we've been doing these we've asked everyone the same question and we'll present it to you now if you could take someone, just any player, off of an NBA roster, superstars notwithstanding, uh, and plug them onto the Mavericks to get them over that hump or to get them to that next step, who do you pick? Who do you think someone that Dallas
3: needs? Ooh, good question. Um, uh, for this year? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah for this year? Yeah. Uh, so, specifically, like I think point guard, we're pretty good with De'Ron. Center, we have Bogate, we should be okay. Dirk is going to hold it down. Um, so I think what we really need is kind of uh, a go-to six man So ideally, like like a, a, a Jason Terry in his prime, or, or like a, a Jamal Crawford in his prime. like someone them just fill it up, because again, we don't have that kind of 20-point score. Um, so who, is, who would that guy be today? Is that kind of like? Would you microwave Bradley Beal? Beal? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, <laughs> Beal? Oh yeah, I would definitely take Bradley Beal.
1: Can I plug? Yeah. In a, can I plug my favorite player, JJ Reddick, for that spot?
3: Yeah, Ooh. JJ would be phenomenal too. You know, this yeah kind of like that fifth man, sixth man guy who can just kind of score twenty points for you like 30, 40 games a year. Yeah, just. Because outside of Dirk, I don't know if we have reliable offense still. So,
2: well, I mean, he's got the best fadeaway in the game. How can you rely on anything else? <laughs> That's true. I guess as a backup option. <laughs> so, where do you like realistically
3: see this season for the Mavericks headed? I think Dallas fans are uh, very realistic right now. You know, like you've mentioned, we've been one in outs uh, for. Or if we even gotten into the playoffs for the last five years, um, and the teams changed a lot between bringing in Barnes and Bogut and losing in Parsons, uh, but I don't know if the, the overall talent level of the team has gone up, gone up enough for us to kind of move into that next tier. But uh, I think I think we can get into like the sixth seed. Uh, the, the West is a little bit less top heavy with you know um, the Thunder kind of probably taking a step down well definitely taking a step down so I think what six... happened there? what happened to the Thunder? <laughs> oh, I think they uh, they lost um,
1: Stephen Adams oh,
2: they, no they lost to Baca for Oladipo you're right that yeah, was yeah, yeah, that, was big... yeah.
0: <laughs> that was it I was, I'm I was thinking
3: about Dion Waiters but,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh Thunder Jabs it. Thunder Jabs I like it um, <laughs> take that Clay Bennett
3: I'm definitely looking to see, like, Russell Westbrook just go for triple doubles every single game. Like, quadruple doubles.
2: (laughs) It's still the biggest missed opportunity. that They didn't call their arena the Thunderdome.
1: Completely agree. (laughs) (laughs) I think at one time the Titans actually called their their stadium the Coliseum for, like, a year or two or something like that. Didn't stick. Uh
2: Well, no, because they're not the Tennessee Thunder or the Thunder Sea Titans.
1: (laughs) It doesn't work at all.
2: Because uh, there's no state called Thundersea.
1: <laughs> so, Michael, um, you know one, one, one thing. You know, as we're going through this, uh, you mentioned Duran and you know everything there. So, what do you feel his ceiling is for this team for this for this season coming up?
3: Uh, Duron Williams. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we kind of just hope he can be available for more games. Uh, seems like him and a couple other guys are always nicked up him and Devin Harris and kind of playing 60 games a year. So we just want him to be healthy. Um, I don't know if, you know, at this point would bring in Bogut and then um, he doesn't have to be necessarily like the second or third guy. He just needs to be a solid kind of dependable, reliable starter for us that quarterbacks our team.
1: Yeah, and point guard's kind of been a little bit, correct me if I'm wrong, just from what I've looked at, kind of been like a revolving door for the Mavs in the past uh the past while. Uh, you mentioned Ray Um obviously Nick Van Exel did some time there for a little bit. Like I you know <laughs> I'm going back. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like last year? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he just got cut. <laughs> so I mean what, what 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 do you think it would take to really get I mean is Duran really that kind of like I guess that doorstop for that you know for the time being or?
3: Yeah, I think he is. Though you know, yeah, when there was also Jose Calderon and a couple other guys, um, uh, Darren Collison, the guy. But um, I think he is. Like he was looking for a multi-year deal, and Dallas was only willing to give him a one-year deal. So I think that's kind of like the subtweet, if you will. Um, uh, but you know, like he, he, he's. I think he can age well, given his, his size and he can shoot, um, but. I think the Mavericks are keeping their option open for wherever the star may come, whether it's a point guard or a big man, outside of think, uh, the wing, wing spots right now.
1: And my last thing, maybe before Sean or Alex take over and the, end the interview, uh, this is really serious, like I'm dead serious about this. What is it going to take for the Mavericks to bring back the logo with the cowboy hat on it? Right.
3: I am all about that logo.
1: Yes, <laughs> with uniform. We need the unis back with that. Here's uh, how we I, do
0: it. I've got it. Them.
1: We gotta have them.
0: We, know, we, the we figured it out.
2: The NBA, once they approve ads on jerseys, the Dallas Mavericks will be presented by Arby's. The Arby's A is a cowboy hat. There we go. We did it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
3: oh, God. Is that starting next year?
1: Yes. The advertising thing? So, okay. ironically, the same year that Nike is getting the NBA license, that's starting.
3: Do, do you know if it's a league-wide or is it a few teams have signed up or not that work?
1: I don't know the whole detail yet. I assume it will probably be released throughout the season. Yeah, didn't one team
0: already sign a deal for something on there? I'm trying yeah, to think of who it was. I thought. It was, a I thought it was one and I, I totally forgot what it was or what team, you know, was doing it. But I, I, I read that one team has, has signed on to do it.
1: I read so. that like, Golden State charged like a ton of money to put your logo on their uniform. Oh, well, I'm they sure. should. They yeah. should. Yeah. Call it the ad space right there. <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: I think it makes sense as the business, but yeah, I'm ready for some. Ugly uniforms.
1: Yeah,
2: it's, it'll be when they start selling the team name rights is where I draw the line. When it'll be like the Dallas Mavericks presented by Barbasol shaving cream, or <laughs> playing the Miami. You're like, oh, this is terrible.
0: <laughs> so uh,
3: Cuban, I think, will not fold that easily with our right. with the, the brand. Yeah.
0: But yeah,
2: what what they should do is Cuban should funnel some money and to sponsor the Dallas Mavericks on another team.
1: <laughs> so can have, like, you could have like the Brooklyn
3: Nets.
0: That
1: would be
3: awesome.
0: Well, you have the best owner in in basketball, so uh, you know that's that's not even out of the realm. That's that's an excellent mm-hmm. idea, Alex.
2: <laughs> so loopy, dumb, crazy sponsorship bullshit aside here, what is another bold prediction you can throw uh, on the Mavericks season? If you just want to go out on a limb and say that you know, you were the guy that said it first, what's, the, uh, what's your bold prediction for the Mavs this year?
3: Ooh. Uh, my bold prediction is that I, I want to do something with Seth Curry. Uh, I think he's got a really sweet stroke, and the Mavs definitely mm-hmm. need you know, some uh, three point game, so I think my bold prediction is that Seth Curry will be in the top ten for sixth man of the year.
1: Okay. Okay. I like it. I do that is, like that,
3: that. Yeah, that is that is, that is a fun, fun one safe. That is a good yeah. one. He I mean he has a couple guys ahead of him, and uh, Brea and Harris. But if he can get a role, I think, um, you know, he's kind of alluding to what I talked about earlier. We need a guy who could just score, um, and you know, six man roles usually go to scorers. So, when you said you started
2: with top ten, I got real nervous. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you <laughs> God, you?
1: did
2: you Keep mean the other Curry? The
1: but you're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Michael, thanks again for doing this. We really enjoyed talking with you. Uh, Before we let you go, I'm going to give you the floor here real quick so you can shout out your websites, your Twitter account, where people can get in touch with you and talk Mavs basketball. Take it away.
3: Yeah, uh, so you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Michael of Chang, and that is a play on Kevin of Durant of the SB Nation Game of Thrones videos. (laughs) Uh, And then I write for MavsMoneyBall.com again. Sp Nation so uh, writing uh, some more on uh,
1: NylonCalculus.com Awesome I'm actually really excited for Nylon Calculus I'm going to have to check that out
3: Yeah, yeah. Please do let me know
1: if, uh, what you guys think Awesome So Michael thanks again for taking some time and we really appreciate your time
3: Alright Take care guys Take
0: Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at
1: thecorner3.net.